0: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Good to see you. Um, just a couple of uh, important uh, notices uh, for you to uh, take note of. Um, in terms of um, David Weaver's uh, funeral on um, March the 7th, it would really help Janine, who's uh, doing all the catering, to know uh, how many are coming to uh, the Thanksgiving service here. Uh, which is followed by tea next door, sandwiches, cake, and things. And um, we we just need to know the, the numbers. So if you could, as soon as possible, just let Janine or Evelyn know uh, if you're coming to the Thanksgiving and the um, tea afterwards. That would be great. And then we can obviously Janine can order in the the food. Um, you're very welcome, by the way, to both the Committal Service and the Thanksgiving Service here on the seventh, 10:30 and. I can't remember. It's gone. Yeah. 11 and 1230. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, re- important church meeting uh, for all members this this when Tuesday, I'm getting mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> this this Tuesday evening, important church meeting um, where we'd be um, there, there are two nominations for uh, the leadership. And so it's an opportunity to come and vote and uh, seek God's will for Jen and uh, Louise uh, this Tuesday night. And also in terms of, we've got an important uh, financial presentation about uh, projected uh, expenditure for next year, which we need to agree uh, with with you all. So if you're a church member, please do come um, 7.30 uh, this Tuesday. Let's begin with uh, the word of God from Psalm 98, which reminds us why we're here and what we're doing when we gather. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and all the peoples with equity. Let us pray. Lord, we're here because you are the great God, the great King. Lord, you are the creator and maker of the heavens and the earth. The mountains bow down before you, the stars, and the moon sing of your glory. And Lord, we, your creation, are here as your people to declare your great acts of salvation, both in the past and today. And Lord, help us now as we come to celebrate all that you are and all you've done and all that you will do. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and enable us to worship with joy and gladness. May the presence of God fill this place in Jesus' name amen so we're going to do what the psalm says and shout the name of yahweh together as we sing
1: at your name let's stand and worship
0: to worship you. You are the miracle worker. Lord, even now we ask you to stretch out your mighty hand to do miracles and signs and wonders, even um, amidst us today. Lord, let there be gifts of the Spirit. Let there be your presence in this place. Lord, thank you that you are always working by your Spirit Lord, we long to encounter your presence and power today. Oh, Holy Spirit, come among us, even now as we wait on you. We long to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Um, We try and give a a testimony slot on a... um, a communion sunday and so uh kyla has uh, got a testimony she'd like to share with us thank you kyla it's brilliant
2: okay my dear friend joyce tells me i talk more than her but i'll try and keep it brief <laughs> so um yeah my father passed away uh 4th of uh, february um 21 um and just a few months before i came here and one thing for certain i've really benefited from the bereavement cafe and also the remembrance garden at the back being my my parents grave is in dorset so having somewhere to come and put things at times has been really helpful i just wanted to say that because yeah people may not be aware of that little little hidden gem as it were (laughs) anyway god speaks to us in so many different ways i believe I believe he speaks to us how we're going to we are going to receive him receive that message most he speaks to me through pictures through word and through feelings a kind of a sense which I can't really explain but kind of it's kind of once you know you know kind of thing anyway um so my father was at the end of his life I'd been with him for a couple of weeks and then I came back to Surrey I was exhausted and desperate for a break um I was conscious I could have had Time off, more time off work, like not go to work on the. I came back to sorry on the Sunday, okay. Um, The days are important here. I, I, I want to have just so exhausted to have a break on the Monday and go back to work on the Tuesday. I could have had the time off, but it, you know, I would have to make that up. And I was so conscious that after my dad died, being the executor of his will, all sorts of stuff I'd need to be dealing with. (coughs) Sorry, and um. So anyway, came back on the Sunday. On the Monday, my dad was at home um, with 24/7 care. By then, um, I've got a functional neurological disorder which causes me non-epileptic seizures. So, doing too much, being exhausted and stressed can, you know, make me ill. And I was so conscious of that as I we I only worked two days a week. Came back on the Monday. Monday, the electrics went in the house, although he had 24/7 care and what have you. So I knew that was okay. He was bed bound and that. He had to then go into hospice and i spent the monday sorting out the electrics from afar and well you know just what you don't need so i so then they so they went he went to the hospice they were going, weren't going to bring him back then they were going to bring him back they were going to bring him back on the wednesday so and on that i will, my plan was to go to work on the thursday go back to dorset so go back on the sunday go back on thursday night that was my plan on the Wednesday, I felt such a sense that I should go back on the Wednesday, not the Thursday. Such a sense. Um, I've had sense of kind of that kind of thing before, but this was so strong, strongest sense I've ever had to do something. And I did feel this was God speaking to me. Um good friend of me saying, you know, you're exhausted, don't, don't you know, wait till the Thursday after work. Um, but I just felt I needed to take Thursday off and go back and I in my WhatsApp to work I said I had a gut feeling I needed to go um and etc etc anyway I went to Dorset on the Wednesday he was unconscious but I sat and chatted to him my brother had gone away the Monday till the Friday knowing he may pass away while he was gone so he kind of said his goodbyes on the Monday I went to bed that night with a night nurse there um to to call me if need be um my work alarm which I woke me up at half six. I hadn't turned it off. <laughs> so I got up, went downstairs, and the nurse said his breathing was just changing, and she was thinking of calling me. I held his hand. I chatted to him, told him that Matthew, my brother, loves him, and that I love him, and he took his last breath. It was 6.48, so 20 minutes after I'd, no, 18 minutes after I'd woken up. So the nurse did say, she said herself, um, that she felt my dad had waited for me so kind of the moral of the story is if you feel god's sense that god is telling you to do something follow that feeling don't let others suggest otherwise if you're a child of god he will guide you if you're willing to listen
0: thanks Carla. i think you've got my notes there actually sorry yeah, thanks, bless you. Isn't God good? God is so gracious and kind and compassionate, and uh, he, he, he guides us. He loves us, and uh, he want, he's always wanting us to listen and tune in. And uh, thank you for sharing that, Kyla. Let me pray for our, uh, well, somebody got the offering first, actually. We pray for the offering and then the children. Thank you, Barbara. Lord, we thank you that you're such a good God. We thank you, Father, that you're a good, good father who loves us more than we can ask or imagine. And you sent your one and only son who gave up the riches of heaven and entered the poverty of uh, the weakness of being in human form. And you did that, Lord, because you wanted us to inherit the riches of heaven. And so, Lord, we respond with our money um, and with our whole lives, with our gifts, our time, our energy, gladly and sincerely, giving because you've first given to us. So, Lord, bless this this money um, and use it, Lord, for the extension of your kingdom. Lord, we pray now for the children as they go out, for their leaders, for your anointing on them and wisdom. Pray, Lord, for your presence and uh, pray, Lord, that your uh, word would go forth. Uh, in those groups with power, and that, Lord, as a result, the, the young people and their uh, teachers would be built up and encouraged in you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, as, we, as we come around the communion table, um, just a couple of songs to focus our worship on Jesus and his sacrifice. So let's stand to worship Jesus.
3: What gift of grace
0: to sing out the song that the lord gives you
4: bread the bread that we break is this not the participation in the body of christ Amen. and the cup that we drink is this not the participation in the blood of christ eat your bread and wine joyfully but yes. god has already approved this yes, lord. the company of those who believed were one heart and they had all things in common Amen. thank you lord for your word Amen. Yes
0: it's just so good to be in your presence. We love you, Lord. We kneel before you. We love to be in your presence, Lord. One day, Lord, we'll be worshipping for eternity in your presence. Thank you for this foretaste, Lord, of eternity. There's no place we'd rather be, Lord, than in your presence. Draw near to us, Lord, as we draw near to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Isn't that just a beautiful thing to uh, experience the presence of God together? It's just, uh, what a moment, what a moment. Heaven, when heaven touches earth, glorious. Great, even better. Um Jen has a, a word which she shared with me earlier that I feel it's right to share. So Jen, would you would you come?
5: God is really challenging me at the moment. Um for years and years and years God has working me in the middle of the night with um just words, and I used to scroll them down on just anything, and just try and remember. But they were always directed at me. But recently, God seems to be directing things for Heather Vale, and I keep waking up. So now I keep a paper next to my bed, and I write it down as much as I can remember. But what I want to say, is, um, God is just saying, I must say it anyways. When I first became a Christian, and I heard a talk on gifts of the Spirit and things, I went to like, I don't understand any of this. I don't have any of these. I don't know anything about it. And somebody just came up to me and said, you can listen, you might not like to talk, but you can listen, use the listening ears God has given you. And after that, I would listen to people, but God started talking to me. And that was awesome that he could do something like that. So anyway, this is what I woke up with this morning. Say it anyway, you are like a besieged city that needs to hear in big letters, hear my voice incline your ears towards me, listen out for what I would say to you. If you open your ears and truly hear what I would say to you, you will open your hearts and your spirits to allow my spirit to flow. And I'm gonna read that again, just cause I'm feeling that that's what God is saying, it needs to consolidate in your hearts, everybody. You are like a besieged city that needs to hear my voice. Incline your ears towards me. Listen out for what I would say to you. If you open your ears and truly hear what I would say to you, you will open your hearts and your spirits to allow my spirit to flow.
0: Amen. That's a challenge for us this morning, isn't it? Can I ask uh, those who are serving uh, the table to come forward um, at this moment and uh, down the front to serve? You might need to clear the old tambourine out of the way. (laughs) Uh, Tony's going to come and lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving for the bread and the wine. Thank you.
6: Let's pray. Jesus, on that night when you shared the Passover meal with your disciples, and you took the bread and you broke it, and you took the wine, they may not have understood exactly what was about to happen, but you knew. You knew you would have to suffer the cruelty of the cross. You knew that your blood would be shed we thank you you were still willing to go through that for each one of us it wasn't so much the nails that held you to the cross it was our sin and our shame and your love and your care for each one of us we thank you that we're on the other side and we do understand exactly what you went through that your body was given for us symbolized by the bread your blood was shed symbolized by the wine we thank you that it didn't end at calvary that on the third day you rose again sin and death were defeated the enemy was defeated and we as your children stand on the victory side and we say thank you jesus our wonderful savior amen amen thank you tony um just to
0: explain uh pure a visitor here or haven't been many times um, this meal is for those who are following Christ those who've made a decision to accept him as Lord and saviour so please. Uh, don't be embarrassed to let just let the bread and the wine pass you by if uh, if you're not yet in that place of trusting in and following Jesus just allow the elements to to pass you by, but as Tony has already shared these have great symbolic uh, meaning. The bread reminds us of the body of Jesus sacrificed for our sin. And the wine reminds us of the blood of Jesus shed so that we could be forgiven for our sins. So please do reflect on these things. Um, And we will receive uh, the bread and the wine from the servers. So we remember that uh, on the night before he died, Jesus took bread, And he broke it and gave thanks and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. Um, This is my body, which is given for you. Thank you. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We will all drink together as a sign of our unity as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. So we drink this with thanksgiving for Christ's blood shed for the forgiveness of our sin. Opportunity now to offer up open prayers for members of the fellowship and further afield. We've already asked the Lord to stretch out his hand to perform mighty signs, wonders and miracles. So let's come with faith, um, asking God for the big things as well as uh, the more mundane things. So as the Spirit leads you um please feel free to lead us in prayer and barbara will uh, have a microphone that she can uh, uh, bring to you and uh, if you're on zoom please do feel free to unmute and to share in prayer
2: We thank you lord jesus we can never thank you enough for that yes and lord we know that whilst here on earth we too go through suffering and pain but father god We do think of people in our fellowship who are suffering and in pain, maybe impending operations or longer-term conditions. Father, we just pray that you would meet with them and just touch them, Lord, with your healing hand. Particularly think of Leslie. Father, God, I pray that you would right now alleviate that pain within her. We remember Peter and we pray for his impending surgery, for Pat. And for Joyce, Lord, we just lift these people to you. Please pour out your healing hand upon them. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: For uh,
0: Rube's brother, Father, we ask that you would stretch out your hand to do a sign and wonder. Lord, thank you that there is already evidence of some answer to prayer, but Father, we want to see more. We want to see that man raised back up Lord, just breathe new life into him. Do a miracle for the glory of Christ in him, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
7: We just pray that you would just be so close to Rose, that she will just know your, your hand upon her, Lord. Yes.
2: She will know the love of the fellowship within her, Lord. Yes. And that, Lord, you will go ahead of that, of when that funeral happens, Lord, the celebration of Dave's life. We thank you for him, that he was your man, Lord, in this place. And we just lift that whole situation to you, Lord. Amen. Well, Father God, I want to pray for Marilyn and Peter's son, Paul. Lord, I I don't know what the the latest is, but um, he's been through so much already. And Father, I just pray for that eye uh, that's been causing all the problems. Father, I just bring him to you and ask you that we bring healing that eye. I uh, pray also that no other parts of his body are affected. And Father, I thank you that Marilyn and Peter have been able to tell Paul that we've been praying for him. And so, Father, we just continue to do that. We just ask, too, that you would bless Marilyn and Peter um, and the rest of the family as they cope with this situation. In Jesus' name, Amen.
4: Christ. I pray that you will heal people who it's okay to inflict pain and suffering on others en masse, like President Putin, and those that think it's okay to find other people suffering somehow amusing. In fact, what I really praying for you is uh, what you promise after things are done world for the moment needs healing both the earth itself and humankind that's destroying the planet by their failure to agree and carry on doing things that they know uh harming the earth and in the end will be bad for everybody
1: amen father
4: as we turn now to
0: read your word We pray, Father, you would speak to us through your word. And Lord, as that prophetic word has already challenged us, Lord, help us not to be like besieged fortresses, closed off with the drawbridge up, but Lord, help us to be open to receive your word and to receive the gift and presence and power of the Holy Spirit as we submit to and receive and obey your living word. So, Lord, move in our hearts. Lord, where where our hearts have become hardened or closed, we pray, Lord, for a softening of our hearts. Lord, we repent of any hardness towards the work of your Spirit. And we ask, Holy Spirit, you would have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're continuing our series in uh, the book of Acts, and we're looking today at the Spirit-filled church uh, in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. This, of course, was the church that was born on Pentecost, when after the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. This was the church that formed. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer those who were being saved. And about you, but my heart is thrilled every time I read that account of the church born on the day of Pentecost. Um, After Peter preached, 3,000 people believed in Jesus, uh, received the Holy Spirit, were baptized and were added to the church just on that one day. And these believers were then passionate and devoted. Do you note the words? Luke's language, he uses the word, they were devoted.
1: They didn't just go to church at a routine. They were devoted in their fellowship. It was a place, the church, of God's presence and power.
0: It was a place uh, that was deeply attractive. Notice this Second half of verse 47, which I love this this description. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This was a community that people outside wanted to be part of because the presence of God was there. The power of God was there. It was deeply loving. And people wanted a piece of this. People were walking in off the streets to be part of this church. But I find then this account of the early church really challenging. I don't know about you. Um, On the one hand, I'm thrilled, but on the other hand, I feel, oh Lord, oh Lord, if
1: only. Do, Do you know what I mean? It's that sort of tension that exists. Lord, do it here.
0: We might compare ourselves with the church born on the day of Pentecost and feel, hmm, we feel a little bit short. We feel we fall short, don't we? But let me encourage you today with some uh, very simple theology around who is it who's doing the growth? Who is it who's bringing the power? Is it
1: strategy or technique Or is it the Lord? The Lord added
0: to their number daily those who were being saved. That's the key to the passage. So if you want to see a truly acts to church, you need, and I need, to be crying out to God in prayer for the gift and power of the Holy Spirit. There may be churches around that are very popular for all sorts of reasons. But don't we want the church in Acts 2, primarily? Don't we want the presence and power of God to be present? One commentator on Acts, Eckhart Schnabel, says this, quote, The continued and regular growth of a church is always the result of the work of God. It is possible for numerical growth to be nothing more than the attraction of popular entertainment. Numerical growth is authentic church growth only when people find faith in Jesus, the crucified, risen, and exalted Messiah, and when they receive the Holy Spirit of God who visibly and powerfully transforms their lives," It is possible to gather a crowd for other reasons, and the presence and power of God, right? You can gather a crowd to watch football, to go to the theater. There are whole ways of gathering crowds. Crowds are not the point. The presence and power of God gathering people is the point. And that's what we want to see. Growth
1: and conversion are a sovereign work of God. Um, We can't engineer it.
0: We can't force God's hands, we can't lever God into it, but we certainly can ask for it and work towards it and position ourselves for it. In God's sovereign plan, some churches grow today at a dramatic rate. I'll tell you about one in in a bit. Others grow at a more modest rate, but the sort of growth that we should always be looking for is conversion growth. Now, it's great when Christians uh, join the church. I pray for that. I welcome that. I love it. But we should be looking for baptisms and conversions. That's authentic growth according to the book of Acts. It is not just a case of, well, we're doing well because we're sheep stealing from another church down the road, right? Right? We want to see people converted to Jesus being baptized and
1: joining the church, right? The principles of the church in Acts 2 still
0: apply today. Churches that are devoted to teaching and preaching, churches that are are devoted to prayer, churches that are devoted to fellowship and to the breaking of bread, which includes communion and hospitality, eating together, have the potential to expect growth through conversions. And I want to look at four priorities that we need to consider to be a growing church by conversions. Number one, teaching. The primary thing about the early church, the first thing that's listed is they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. You can gather people for all sorts of reasons you've got a better worship band than another church, you can probably gather a lot more people, right? Fact. But the gathering must be around the teaching of scripture. It's possible to have a very popular and busy church and yet not really teach any depth in scripture. There are plenty of those churches around. You can go and join them if you want. Well, no, I don't mean that please don't, (laughs) but they're out there, but do you hear this word? They were devoted, devoted to teaching. It wasn't just, oh, um, can we have a bit more worship? Um, Can you cut the, the sermon a bit shorter, pastor, so we can have a few more of my favorite songs? They were devoted to teaching, right? Do you see it? They hungered, they thirsted after the word of God, And for them, it would have been the teachings of Jesus and the Old Testament, all of which the Old Testament
1: points to Jesus, the Messiah. So when we're preaching on the Old Testament, which we do
0: here, we point people to Jesus. He's the lens through which we interpret and apply the Old Testament as well as the new, right? So you'll always hear me getting to the cross and resurrection in an Old Testament sermon. Because all of the scriptures are point to and are fulfilled in Christ. Our first uh, church value, you should be getting to know these values because they're in big letters, which Simon's uh, done very skillfully in the passageway between the reception and the lounge there. On the wall, you have our purpose statement, our vision statement and our value statement. So there's no excuse for not knowing them. All right. So when you're walking through, stop and learn them and memorize them. Our first value as a church is what? Bible-saturated, thank you. Bible-saturated. And that reflects Acts chapter 2, devoted to the apostles' teaching. So when we gather in a small group setting, we're not just there to have a social and a bit of food and a cup of tea, nice as that is, I love a bit of food we're there because that's a different forum in which to learn scripture right it's more interactive you can ask questions you can interact with each other in that forum it's not like a monologue sermon. There are it's horses for courses, there are different ways of teaching in different settings some of them are more interactive um, Eric's sessions on the Holy Spirit are, are very interactive. He's having a chat with us in some ways, but then he might go, he might start preaching and there'll be breakout time of ministry, right? It's, it's, it's interactive, it's flexible, but there are different types of teaching for different um, formats. But in all places, we should be presenting the gospel. We should be sharing the gospel every which way we can through the activities of the church, which is why we do that in toddler group. In Kingdom Tots, the gospel is shared in music, in singing, and in word. In seniors group, the gospel is shared faithfully every time because this is the first priority, the first value of the church. Not just of our church, but the Book of Acts church, right? Number two, fellowship. Fellowship used to mean a rich tea biscuit and a cup of rather horrible tea or horrible coffee didn't it and that was it you know we're out of green china cups from the 1950s that was fellowship right fellowship koinonia means sharing in christ it means that we're brothers and sisters in the lord it means that we are part of the family of god We've been born again by the Holy Spirit into the family of God. And just as in a family, you look after and care for one another. So in the church family, we look after one another. We go the extra mile. We visit. We give lifts. We care for, we love, we pray for, we come alongside people, we listen, right? Just as you would in a biological family. We do that in the church. But our fellowship is also marked by all these other things we don't just come together to have a social right Nice as socializing is we come together to sit under the word of god and to obey its teaching we come together to pray we come together to listen to prophecy we come together to worship and praise god in tongues or otherwise right our fellowship is deeply spiritual. We're not just another hobby or social club in the community. We are the place where the presence
1: and power of God knits us together.
0: Um, fellowship is a place where we share meals. It's often easier to share meals in the context of a small group. Um, it's part of what small groups can do, isn't it? It's have food together. And I know many of you do that. And it's a great place to do that. Um, sometimes there are opportunities for the, the whole church to come together with a barbecue or fellowship meal. And that's wonderful when that happens, isn't it? And it's an expression of our koinonia. The early church in the book of Acts used to break bread whenever they gathered, usually in in homes, to share a meal and to break bread together. Um, we have an opportunity to, to do this, to share food with our community when we come together with let's do lunch or um, when we run an alpha course we invite members of the community in to share uh, food with us you see food is important in scripture do you know most of Jesus evangelism took place around the meal table didn't it because the meal table is a place of friendship welcome inclusion it's a place where you can tell stories and be yourself hopefully And so we do evangelism around food and the meal table, right? That's why when we do Let's Do Lunch, we want people to be fed who are hungry. And one guy came, by the way, he hadn't had a hot meal since Christmas on Thursday. So sad. He said, It's my first hot meal since Christmas. He was so grateful. But we don't just want to fill people's bellies. We want to tell them about the church and what we do, don't we? So, that, so it's important that we tell people, look, we'd love to see you on a Sunday. We'd love to see you at bereavement cafe. We'd love to see you on a Monday morning. We'd love to see you. Come, find out more about Jesus. That's what we want, isn't it? Third priority, the breaking of bread. This includes sharing meals in the context of hospitality, eating together but also breaking bread, and they did that in their homes. They met together in the temple for the big worship conference, worships type stuff, but they also um, broke bread and shared fellowship in their homes. They worshiped together there, and they had a communal meal together. And this is what we do when we break bread and share communion in church. we It's reminding us that we are the fellowship which has been bound together and formed by the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's why we remember his body in the bread and his blood in the wine. We are formed into one fellowship, one community, by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And we celebrate that sacrifice as we take bread and wine in communion. But also we remind ourselves in the communion that we are called to sacrifice our time, energy, in caring for, serving one another, right? Uh, number four, the last one prayer i 've kept this one till last deliberately because I want to tell you a story of that I hope will inspire prayer and fasting through Lent and beyond in this church um, fire starters conference just before Christmas a few months ago, we had um, a number of pastors from different churches sharing with us and uh, We had a guy from a a Baptist church in Birmingham who was uh, who's an ex drug dealer and uh, he has an amazing story, let me tell you Aaron's story i've met Aaron a couple of times a remarkable guy he is it needs to be said he's an out and out evangelist so. uh, We need to bear that in mind, but he this story is remarkable in the power of God to act and change things through prayer. So I hope this raises your faith in your hunger and thirst for prayer and fasting. So let me tell you his story. So Aaron Jarvis, former drug dealer and addict, nearly took his life after the loss of his infant daughter. He said he walked into a church on a Sunday for a reason he couldn't define when he was supposed to have been making a drug deal. It was at this moment that he realized There's got to be more to life than this. And though he began to feel a stir in his heart to become a pastor, it would be several years of struggling with the reality of God and what it meant to follow him before he would eventually become the associate pastor and then the pastor at Londonderry Baptist Church in Birmingham. When Aaron took over leading at LBC, there were 25 people in the church. He recalled there was only £2,000 in the bank and he was told this is not really a job you want. There's only 360 pounds coming in a week. It won't pay the bills, we can't give you a wage. But Aaron knew God had given it to them. Though there had been all sorts of groups meeting in the church for many years, Aaron said there wasn't any fruit. And from the earliest days, Aaron was clear that he'd had a word from God, which was, make room and I'll fill it. So that's what they did. They made room, literally, He began by removing the chairs from the prayer room, which had become a storage room. Who'd have thought? Actually, our prayer room wouldn't be big enough these days, praise God. Prayer quickly became a central focus of the church. Prayer and fasting, he says, became our DNA. Aaron said the room would come to be known as the engine room, recalling Charles Spurgeon's reference to prayer being the engine room of the church. This engine room would begin with just three people meeting on a Thursday evening to pray for salvations. Um, In the rest of the church, Aaron wanted to make room for God to work. He put the chairs out and pray over every chair every Sunday. He said, I'd get there a few hours before anybody else turned up. I'd lay hands on chairs and I'd say to the Lord, place a soul on this one, place another one on this one, place another one on this one. One by one, they started coming in. Aaron said the church didn't go out and evangelize, at least to begin with, because he was clear on what God had said to him. God told me my evangelism was to be at first on my knees. What started with three people meeting in the engine room would grow to 50 regular prayers each week. Aaron said the engine room became the most important room in the church. and It wasn't long before the church began fasting along with their prayer. Maybe this is a challenge to some of you to listen to the challenge to pray and fast and not just let it pass you by. They would each pick a different day to fast and pray so that every day was covered with prayer and fasting. The focus was simple. They fasted asking God that unbelief would leave our lives and the church and for salvations. And soon, he writes, the church was growing, 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 and all our evangelism was on our knees. More than 200 people came to faith in the first couple of years. I'll just say that again. More than 200 people came to faith in the first couple of years. Many people were the ones I used to sell drugs to, he says. People I was formerly in a gang with. And he said others would come in supernaturally, saying, I was walking past the church, I saw a light, and I just had to come in some would say they would walked past so many times and when they reached the bottom of the steps they felt drawn to come inside the church quickly adopted a motto no one's too good to stay out and no one's too bad to come in when we had um, aaron speaking to us a couple of months ago he not for bragging purposes but for the glory of god he, he reported where they're at now over the next few years lbc would grow to three congregations in Oldbury, Hurst green and birmingham in the last 12 months lbc has grown to include 16 congregations spanning six nations aaron says repeatedly only god can
1: take the glory only god can acts two is not a pipe dream acts two
0: is not to be confined to the to the pages of a history book Acts 2 is happening in the UK today, do you believe that? I should get Aaron to come down and speak to us, shouldn't I, to inspire you. All through prayer and fasting, all through hunger and thirst for God's presence and power to visit the church. So that's why they were devoted to prayer because God wants his church to grow and he wants us to want his church to grow and he wants us to get on our knees to want the church to grow. Do you see? He wants us to pray and fast that his glory and power would come into the life of the church. The picture I kept getting this week as I was preparing was, you know, uh, when a tide comes in of the sea everything rises with the tide everything rises with the tide and when this church in Birmingham started to pray and fast the tide rose everything went up the power of God went up the hunger and thirst for prayer went up The number of salvations went up. The number of baptisms went up. When the spirit, when the tide of the spirit comes in, everything is
1: lifted up in its path. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry, literally hungry for that in this church.
0: I could tell you from this book, I could give you five or six testimonies of churches that are growing through the power of prayer and fasting in the UK. Not 30 years ago, today. Do you want to be part of a church that's growing through conversions? Do you want to be part of a church where we're regularly seeing this pool open? Where Adrian's getting fed up with me asking him to open the pool again? Don't you want to see that? Don't you want to see people coming in off the streets who are wounded and hurting to find Christ because the power of God is here? Don't you want to see an engine room in our church of, of filled with people praying and hungry and thirsty for more of God? Uh, Jen's word to us the other week was this. I'm just going to read the last sentence. Quote, Heather vale is sanctified, set
1: apart, waiting, waiting for the wave of the Holy Spirit. But we have a part to play. We have to position ourselves like a surfer
0: has to position themselves to catch the wave. We have to position ourselves to catch the wave of God's power and the Holy Spirit to come, right? We have to be open to the power
1: and presence of God. Uh, Marilyn's picture next door. um, I think it's on there, isn't it?
0: Marilyn's picture of the wave next door in the lounge if you haven't seen it uh, go and have a look there's we God has promised us a wave there it is God has promised us a wave of power of God's love in the person and work of the Holy Spirit but he wants us to pray and long for and fast for this wave of his power and when it comes It will be powerful and it will lift everything we're doing to a new height. We will see, we will know when the wave starts to come because we will see people regularly coming to faith and being baptized. We will see a hunger for prayer. We will see a hunger for God's word. We will see a boldness and a confidence in evangelism. We will see people miraculously being healed. We will see people coming off the streets to find Jesus in our church. Are we there yet? No. Can we get there? Yes. But we must obey what God is saying. We must be hungry and thirsty and devoted to prayer, to teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. That's our part. That's how we position ourselves as surfers, if you like. You notice some... I'm not a surfer, but I I like to watch surfers. They paddle out to see, to find the wave, don't they? Marilyn and Peter will correct me here because their family are surfers. But they they have to paddle out and position themselves and wait for the timing of the wave. They don't just lie there on the board and go hit me, right? (laughs) There's a skill to it. There's a real skill to it. And there's a timing to it. We don't get to determine the the timing of God's wave coming, but the wave is coming and we better be ready because we want to surf this wave. We want to be lifted by this wave. We want the power of the wave to take us higher than we've ever been and further into the community than we've ever been. We cannot do this without the power of God's spirit. We think we can. We're fooling ourselves. It's not about strategy, clever techniques, doing more, it's about the power of God and that can only come through prayer and fasting, longing for God, being devoted to the things of God or I long for people to make, uh, <laughs> to not skip the prayer meeting, to come. I'd love it if that room next door was filled and we had to come in here for the prayer meeting, that this becomes an engine room. I'd love it if we saw the, a wave of God's Spirit coming over us with such power that we have weeping and we don't want to leave the building because God is here. I long for revival. And I'm going to pray for it until I see it. And I'll pray for it even if I don't see it in my time. But I want to see it. Do you? Uh, it gets me excited, this stuff. I'm going to finish in a moment my son's church up in Sheffield, have started seeing young men walking off the streets, searching for Jesus. Amen. Incredible. A Baptist church in Sheffield, of all places. You know, full Monty territory. You know, it's not much going for Sheffield, if you've ever been there. But I'll tell you what there is in that church, is a presence and power and hunger for God. And they're seeing young men in particular Being healed and set free and coming to know Jesus for the first time. Walking in off the street. God is doing Acts 2 stuff in his church today. Folks, let's stop kidding ourselves that we're really reading scripture and that we know these passages. We don't know them at all. Because we haven't seen this stuff here yet. But I believe we will see it. If we have faith, if we will desire it, if we will pray and fast and seek God, we will see. But there's no room for apathy, lukewarmness. Somebody had a great phrase the other day they shared with, they said, "Are we lukewarm, or are we warming to Luke?" I quite like that.
1: Are we warming to the spirit?" or are we lukewarm, apathetic, indifferent? I'd love us to pray um, before we
0: sing. We're going to finish with O Church Arise, but I'd like us to pray for a a number of minutes before we got till 12. Um, I want us to pray. Let's have open prayers. So Barbara, would you mind, I'm keeping you fit this morning. Barbara, still here? I wanted to just like to pray for revival in this church, that God would give us a hunger and thirst to be devoted to the things that we see in Acts 2, that the wave would come, that we would be of one heart, one uh, mind, that we'd be in unity. You see, one of the things that we cannot do is to not be of one mind, because if we're not united and of one heart and one mind, the spirit is not going to bless and he's not going to come. So, God wants us to all be on the same page. God wants us to want his heart, which is growth and power and presence. So, as the Spirit leads you, please just uh, pray where you are. Cry out to God for this church. Let's pray. Repent of lukewarmness and apathy and half heartedness. Lord, we repent of these things and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would give us a real passion and devotion to teaching, to prayer, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to sharing. Come, Holy Spirit, do a new work of grace in your church today, in Jesus' name.
7: Just try to fit you into our plan, into our strategy, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you are so much bigger, so much more powerful than that, Holy Spirit. We thank you. And we just repent as well for um, any any disobedience, Lord, where we you've told us to do something and we haven't done it, Lord. We know that you understand that we get scared or afraid or whatever, Lord, but we repent for um, just the delayed obedience or disobedience, Lord, and we ask you to forgive us for where we've thought that your word is just a suggestion lord we're we're sorry lord where we have thought it's it's just if we feel like it but lord your word is true and and it stands for eternity so lord we just pray that you would forgive us and that you would pour out your spirit on us lord like martin said lead us to a place where where we we have positioned ourselves rightly um in a way that we are ready to receive what you are doing, Lord. Let us not miss it. Let our eyes and ears be open to hear what you're saying and to see what you're doing, Lord. Let us not be um, distracted, Lord. We repent for every distraction. And we ask you, Lord, that you'd bring us to a place of full devotion where you are at the centre of everything that we do in in our entire lives, Lord, that you'd be the centre of everything we do in Latin. Let everything we do come from you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Father, we're reading your word, uh, your thoughts about a church that lost its first love. Father, we pray for our church, Father. Maybe we're not found our first love, or we're losing our first love. Father, we ask that your spirit will be gracious to us. And give us a, a spirit of expectancy, a spirit of courage to chase after you. Father, it's easy to sing the words, but Father, help us to live out the actions in our lives. So come by your spirit, we pray. Wherever we're at, Father, we pray for a, a deeper experience of you. So come and move in our, in, our, in our midst. We pray in Jesus' name. We ask, Amen. Lord,
5: your word says, <coughs> yes. And, his righteousness. Amen. and All these things shall be added unto you. Yes. Father, help us all to seek after you. Yes, Lord. And then you will honour us. In this place by giving us the gifts of your spirit you will pour out your spirit upon this place mm. break our hearts lord help us to open ourselves up to you lord have your way with us mm. we pray in your name
0: amen amen so this final song is a real challenge and call for the church to arise to put our armor on um to get rid of all unforgiveness and uh to be a community of love and devotion and passion for the kingdom. So let's stand and sing, O Church, Arise. as as we're just singing at the end there i just feel there's some of you who god is calling to get committed to him um you've sort of wandered away and jesus is saying um come back to me repent turn away from sin and from living independently of me and come back recommit your heart to me get passionate again with me so if that's you just invite you to stay in the sanctuary Um, and uh, prayer team will be here to come alongside and just pray with you if you if you'd like that Um, otherwise please do go through for tea and coffee let me finish with the blessing now may
1: the grace of god the fellowship of the holy spirit um, be with us all evermore amen